0: How are we doing, Hope City Church? Man, so excited that uh, we get to be together. I just want to say hello to, to both locations, everyone at Shepherdsville, everyone at our South Louisville location, just uh, excited for this season that we're in as a church. Um, I have been spending the last few days with our students at, our, at the CYC conference, and uh, we posted a couple of videos, but it has been uh, just an amazing week of god just touching the lives of the students in our church, and uh, I, we're just believing that it's it's going to be life changing. And so there, there's still a little bit of time left with that event, and uh, and we're just praying that as they come back, that that it's just going to carry on what God's doing in their life. It's been so so amazing. So thank you to everybody who gave to that, who sponsored a student. If you're a parent and you worked hard to come up with some extra money to get your kid there, it was not in vain. It's been it's been an amazing time. Uh, time for them and, and for our staff and for the leaders who have got to uh, to be out there. I am so, 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 like more two more so's, so, so, like five so's excited about this weekend for our church. If, if you're lucky enough, I mean this, if you're lucky enough, there are a few times in your life where God will intersect you with another person, bring them into your world, and it It fundamentally just changes the trajectory of your life. I fully believe that when God wants to do something brand new in your life, he brings a brand new person into your life. And that's definitely what happened to me. Um, God brought our guest speaker tonight into my world. Four or five years ago, I met uh, Pastor Micah Pelkey at an event. There were some other pastors in the room, about 15 or 20 of us, and me and him were the only ones cracking jokes, so we kind of figured we'd like each other. And for whatever reason that I can't really come up with uh, that, that I deserved it, um, God connected our path. And, and since that time, I can't think of anyone who has encouraged me more, who has prayed for, provided feedback, support for my family, for my children. My kids love it when, uh, when, when Pastor Micah shows up, he bribes them with gifts, and they love that. He has four amazing kids, Brooklyn, Jalen, Eliana, and Micaiah, uh, an amazing family. He pastors an amazing church in Belleville, Ohio. It's called Storyside Church, multiple campuses. It's growing like crazy. We've had a chance to be up there with our team. He spoke this morning to our students at CYC, so he's pulling double duty today. He's speaking all over the country. He really is. It's a privilege for him to be with us tonight And so here's what I'd like for you to do at both our locations. Would you help me welcome my friend, Pastor Micah Pelkey, to the stage as he speaks with us?
1: What's up, Hope City? You glad to be in church today? Has God been good to you? Bible says it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. I love our time of singing and just letting him know how much we love him, and I am glad that you are here today. Uh, Pastor Jason mentioned their love for our family, and we love uh, your church family. We love your pastors. We love your leaders, and very grateful that our our paths crossed in life. Uh, People have asked me, Uh, Even in conversations today, they've asked me, you know, I pick up an accent, where are you from? And I've told several people just today, I'm from Canada, born and raised in Canada. And they will ask me which part. uh, And I tell them my whole body. Um, (laughs) That's not funny. Uh, But my kids are 19, turning 17, uh, 10. Uh, and my little boy is nine. I have, I have four children, and my 16-year-old turning 17, I have three girls, uh, she recently not only got her license but got her car, and uh, a couple months back, she was wanting after one of our services to drive her mother to the restaurant to meet us to eat after church. We have six services uh, per weekend at Storyside, and she wanted to drive, and so I had gone ahead of them to the restaurant and was waiting outside. It was dark. I was waiting at the restaurant uh, for my wife and my daughter, Jalen, to show up. And so I'm standing on the sidewalk outside the restaurant waiting for them. And as I'm waiting for them, all of a sudden, I finally see uh, their vehicle, uh, a black GMC Acadia, come around. It's, it's about a 90 degree turn come around the turn almost on two wheels. I mean, it is unbelievable how fast she is driving. And I get so aggravated so quick. She is driving so fast she missed the first driveway into Applebee's and has to catch the second driveway into Applebee's because she is going so fast. I began to work my way from the front door, the sidewalk, all the way down to meet this car at the side of the car, I go up to the passenger window because I am going to, like, let my daughter know, and all of a sudden, the window rolls down, some random lady I've never seen before, (laughs) driving the same car as my wife, says, can I help you? Just saying hello, 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, dark, hey, (laughs) The joy of being a parent, Uh, parenting. We get a lot of cool things happening. Uh, We get a lot of cool things happening this month here at Hope City. We got our blessed uh, backpack. We've got the one-year anniversary of Shepherdsville coming up. A lot of cool things that are happening. Uh, And so, you know, it's important to pay attention sometimes, to lean in, uh, and to, to just even know what's happening, what's going on. These are, I've, I've not changed them, I've not adjusted them. These are some actual church announcements that people have shared in a church setting. And I, you know, I've shared these before, but I, I, I think today we can get another smile out of them. They always bring a smile to my face just reading some of these church announcements that people shared with their congregation. Number one, National Prayer and Fasting Conference, the cost for attending the Fasting and Prayer Conference Includes meals. That's my kind of fasting conference. Like, I'll sign up for that one. Number two, the sermon this morning, Jesus walks on the water. The sermon tonight. (laughs) Searching for Jesus. Number three, ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of those things not worth keeping around the house. Don't forget your husbands. Not funny. Number four, don't let worry kill you. What? Let the church help. Number five, our opening cantata song is? Angels we have heard get high. I love this one. At the evening service tonight, the sermon topic will be what is Hell." Come early and listen to our choir practice. <laughs> next, next, Tuesday at 4 p.m., there'll be an ice cream social. <laughs> I didn't write these. <laughs> All ladies giving milk, please come early. Not funny, that's not funny. I think every church should have people that look at every post, every tweet, every media note before they post these things. This next one, on Sunday, a special collection will be taken to defray the expense of the new carpet. All those wishing to, to do something on the new carpet, come forward and get a piece of paper. That is gross. Uh, all right, next, the ladies. The ladies of the church have cast off clothing of every kind. What our church is thinking. Last couple, our ushers. Our ushers will eat latecomers. I think that's supposed to say C, but next, for those of you who have children, for those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery on site. I love this next one. The low self esteem gathering <laughs> will be Thursday at 7 p.m. <laughs> Please use the back door. The last couple this evening at 7 p.m., there will be a hymn sing in the park across from the church. <laughs> Bring a blanket and hopefully come prepared to sing. Our Ladies Bible study will be held Thursday at 10 a.m. All ladies are invited to lunch in the fellowship hall. What are these churches doing? All right, last two. Weight Watchers will meet at 7 p.m. at the First Presbyterian Church. Please use the large double doors at the side entrance. Last one. The Associate Pastor unveiled the church's new tithing campaign slogan last Sunday. I up my pledge. God, please help the church and the people writing these things. I want to pray with you today. We're we're talking about drama. We're talking about being dramatic. And it's been a great series. My prayer today is that God will just continue to speak to us on how to live a less dramatic life. And I want to pray that our hearts will be open, that the Holy Spirit, God's Word, will speak to us. And we're going to leave today different, better and how we came. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for every person in attendance, every person that put in an effort, made the effort to be in your presence because we believe that we're better together and we're better when we're with you in a corporate setting, in a place that we call the church. Speak to us today. I pray that your word will do amazing things. Challenge us to be better. Challenge us to be better in our homes, on our jobs, in our communities. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone say dramatic. Here's one thing about drama. I'm sure there's a lot of ways to reference this and a lot of ways to explain it, but, but I think there's three categories for drama that we could put drama into, and that is whether or not it's a family reunion, whether or not it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, a lunchroom, Uh, on your job, a break room, I, I think there's three areas. The first is you have drama creators. You have drama creators. Hopefully today that's not the category you fall into. But if it is, I'm asking God that he would challenge you not to be the individual or the person that always complains, always nitpicks, Always sees what's wrong with life. Always is the one that if someone is going to post something on social media, it's going to be you. If someone's going to cause a bunch of chaos, it's going to be you. Those are drama creators. Maybe today as you're listening, you're thinking of people like, that's my aunt, that's my mother in law, that's my. I heard the joke, I heard the joke that if. If your attorney and your mother-in-law are drowning, and you can only help save one, you can only only one. Would you go to dinner or a movie? Uh, that's that's not funny. But but sometimes in in life, we'll joke about in-laws, or we'll joke about siblings, or we'll joke about wills or inheritance. I have witnessed, this is my 29th year of pastoring, and it has been unbelievable over those years of ministry and pastoring and traveling, but being involved in the local church, it's been unbelievable how many families that I have witnessed that did not have division, they did not have the craziness in their family until they were fighting over a will or an inheritance, or, and then all of a sudden, everything just falls apart. Because certain seasons in life will give you the opportunity to be a drama creator. The second thing is drama connections. Drama connections. What I mean by that is, you know, the cliche is a birds of a feather. That you could walk into a room of 100 people. You could walk into your job. You could could walk into a Little League baseball park. For whatever reason, You just have a way of getting connected to drama, like you find each other. And before you know it, someone's in your ear, and someone's saying, and someone's telling, and someone's stirring. Those are drama connections. In other words, you add fuel to the fire. The third is this, drama consent or drama Compliance, or drama clearance. That means that, means that you, you had someone talking trash, you had someone saying something negative, and you didn't stop it. So you weren't the drama creator. You really weren't even the drama connection. But you were in the room, you were in the life group. You, you, were in, you were in that environment where it was being said, and you didn't stop it. And you justified it by saying, well, it's not my place. I don't really think it's my thing to get involved. I, I don't really want to get involved. You are drama compliant. Fun yet? The statement is this, don't, don't, tell me, don't tell me what someone said about me. Tell me why they felt comfortable enough to tell it to you. Because something on the inside of them thought, she won't stop me, he won't stop me, they won't say anything. If we are going to live a life with less drama... We have to make up in our mind that we are not going to stand for dishonor. We are not going to stand for strife. We are not going to sh- uh, stand for gossip. If we're going to live a life of less drama, we are going to not create it, not connect to it, and definitely not be compliant with it. How many want a, lo- a life of less drama? Less drama in your life. Sometimes we defend drama, we defend drama. So you could have someone who's critical, everyone say critical, you have someone who's critical and they will justify, they will justify their critical life by saying, I'm just good at giving feedback. No, you're critical. Some people, some people could actually say, I'm firm, Pastor Mike, I'm just firm. I'm no nonsense, I'm firm, what if you're stubborn? You see how we can justify it? You, 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 you and I could actually, we could be overly opinionated, overly opinionated, and justify it by saying, I just call it like I see it. We, we could actually only see what's wrong in life. What's wrong in social media? What's wrong in politics? What's wrong in our school systems? What's wrong? We can see what's wrong and, and live every day pointing it out and justify pointing out negativity day after day after day by saying, Micah, I just state the facts. I just state the facts. We, we could give up on people and not give them a second or third chance. We have a lot of people in our world that struggle. Maybe today you would say, Micah, I'm struggling. If we're not careful, religion will, will actually avoid giving people a second chance, and they will justify it by saying, we're just trying to hold people accountable. Just trying to hold people accountable. And if we're not careful, we won't truly assess and analyze our hearts for drama because we'll continue to justify why drama can stay. Drama can stay in our house, drama can stay in our church, drama can stay in our business, our company, and we justify it. Instead of being open and honest before God and saying, God, if there's things in me, if there's a critical spirit, if there's things that shouldn't be in my mind and in my heart, I'm asking you to take it out because I want to live a less dramatic life. When you look at drama, Some of the words that would compare with drama, negative, pessimistic, critical. Everyone say critical. Critical. They say that before you criticize someone, you should walk a mile. You should walk a mile in their shoes. That way, when you criticize them, you're a mile away and you have their shoes. (laughs) Not funny. This is a true story. Adidas. This is one of my shoes. Adidas is actually named after its creator, Adi Dossler. He and his brother, Rudy, co-owned the Dossler Brothers Shoe Company. In 1920, in Germany, they had a falling out, and the brothers actually turned on each other. In 1948, The brothers split their company in two, and Rudy called his shoe company Puma, and Audie called his shoe company Adidas. They became extremely divided. Not asking you for your preference of shoes today. I just want you to see what happened with their family They became so divided that you either wore Puma or Adidas, but in that entire city, that entire city, you were never allowed to own both. And I'm quoting, it went so far that Puma wearers were hesitant to marry or to even associate with Adidas wearers. Drama, division, fighting, unforgiveness has a way of dividing not just their family. I have witnessed family after family after family become divided over drama. I talked to a bank president this week, and I began to ask him my Number one trait in my personality is I'm a learner, and I, I'm constantly just, I like to ask questions, and, and I'm asking this bank president about his family, and he's telling me about his sibling, and they don't talk, haven't talked in well over 10 years, and super successful. His wife is also one of the community leaders, and from the outside looking in, their family has had incredible success in our region in our area. I asked the bank president, why why don't you talk to your sister? Why, Why over 10 years? He began to share with me that at his wedding that there was a disagreement over the dresses for the women that would be in the wedding. And his sister did not like the choice of dress in the wedding. It's a very wealthy, successful family. They dialogued back and forth several times. Could not come to an agreement to the point that, in his words, the sister began to cause such drama that he had to ask his own sister not to be in their wedding. And ten years later, as we listen to God's word today, it's not just the it's not just a successful, wealthy family in 10 years of no talking. It's you and I. If we are not careful, if drama slips into our hearts, the Bible would call it a little bit of leaven. It will leaven the whole lump. It will divide a city, not just a family, an entire city. When those little foxes that spoil the vine get into our hearts and lives, Before we know it, it divides a church. It divides a home. It divides a ministry. It begins to separate because drama, because dysfunction, because what the Bible would call division. When you look at drama, here's the reality for all of us that drama is a daily option. Drama is a daily option. Go on Facebook. Go on Twitter, go on Instagram, watch the news for five minutes, and immediately you can be pulled into drama. Someone is saying something, someone is protesting something, someone is dividing, and before we know it, you and I can all get pulled into drama. Drama is divisive. Drama is demoralizing. But I think what's really important for us today to realize is that drama will deceive you. I would like to say that together today. Drama will deceive you. Can we say it one more time? Drama will. You see, you don't realize it in the moment. You're thinking the wedding dress really matters. You're not realizing what it's doing to nieces and nephews. You're not realizing what it's doing to the long-term health of your family. You're not seeing the big picture, but in the moment, in the moment, drama can be so deceptive. When Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, we've been reading through Philippians and When you you see Paul writing to the church in Philippi, he is warning them about the dangers of drama and dysfunction and how it can affect you and I. If you've heard of the Hatfields and McCoys, the Hatfield-McCoy feud began in the mountainous Tug River Valley. The Tug River separates West Virginia from Kentucky and separated most of the Hatfield-McCoy clans. When you read down through the history, as I'm sure some of you have, and you see legal disputes over land and rigged juries and murders and the, the New Year's Night Massacre where a group of Hatfields attacked a McCoy cabin in the middle of the night, killing two children, beating a mother, setting the cabin on fire. When you read some of those things, one of, one of the things, there's numerous things that are recorded, but one of the things that I was drawn to is they said that, and I'm quoting the initial disputes One of the main reasons why it all began was over the ownership of a pig. The ownership of a pig. How in the world does that, how does that become rigged jury? How does that become burned down houses? How does that become assault and fighting? Because drama can be deceptive. Division and bitterness and offense is deceptive. The Bible talks about lest any root of bitterness springing up. It doesn't just defile one or two or three; defiles an entire city. It can defile an entire region and families. That's why you need to make up in your mind today to say no to drama. Not in my house not on my social media, not in my church, not in my heart, not in my mind. I'm not going to live the dramatic life. The Bible says, let all wrath, let all bitterness, let all evil, let all clamor, let all negative talk or negative speaking be put away from you. Why? Why would God tell us that? Because he, know, he knows that if it's uncontrolled in our life, it can separate, and it can divide, and it can destroy. That's why we need to put it out of our lives. When you, look at, when you look at these stories that I'm sharing today, whether or not it's a bank president, whether or not it's a shoe company, whether or not it's Hatfield and McCoys, I think it would only be fair for you to ask yourself, what price is your family paying? So if a bank president says we haven't talked in 10 years, And if these people can't even talk or get married or hang out in an entire area, and if these people are going to fight and assault and feuds, I think you and I need to ask the question. What price is being paid? Because we won't forgive. Are we raising our children in a home that is not generous, that doesn't tithe, that doesn't give. Because 10 years ago, there was something we disagreed with the church. And all of a sudden, we're still holding back our giving because I'm not going to give to a scam or a money grabber. And we're raising our children in a home that is not a part of generosity and giving because we refuse to let it go from 10 years ago. Is there an element of unforgiveness in your house? Is there an element of offense? Is there an element, is there a part, is there a peace in your life that if you were to let it go, if you were to turn that drama over to God today, God is saying, listen, I can give you joy. I can give you peace. I, I, I could let your house have a complete shift in the very atmosphere of your home if you would give it to me. You see, this isn't just Hatfield and McCoys. It's not just Audie Dossler. It's not just the bank president. It's you and I. We all want to hold on to things. But today I want to challenge you. Let, 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 let the grip go. Let, let it open up. Take, take whatever it is that's holding you back and let God have it today. In our final few minutes together, today they, they tell the true story about a Spanish father and son who had become estranged. The son had left home, and the father, months later, had actually set out to find him. He searched for months with no success. The true story is that finally, in desperation, this father turned to the Spanish newspaper for help, and his newspaper ad simply read, Dear Paco, Meet me in front of the newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. That Saturday at noon, over 800 Spanish young men named Paco showed up looking for forgiveness and love from their estranged father. How many families are out there? How many sons and daughters, how many church members, how many people that are saying, if I could just find forgiveness, if I could just find love, if I could just set down the sword of drama and fighting and feuding, maybe today there's a sword that you could set down. Maybe today there's a war of words. Maybe there's a battle that you would determine today, a battle that is not worth winning. Paul writes to Philippi in Philippians 3. I want to read these couple of verses to you today in Philippians 3, verse 12. He says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. One thing. Notice what his one thing is. Forgetting what lies behind and straining to what lies ahead. Now I want to pause there for a moment because it sounds like it's two things. He says this one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining to what's ahead. That sounds like two to me. Until you begin to think that the two are actually one that you can't focus forward if you're constantly leaning backwards. It's very difficult for you and I to see the future when all we want to talk about is the past. It's tough to dream about what God wants to do next if all we can seem to dwell on is where we came from. He said, really, it's just one thing, forgetting the past, Reaching forward to the future, maybe today the challenge is for you to stop saying things like, I can forgive, but I'll never forget. You have a lot of those cliches. What we're saying is, God, I want the future, but but I want to just hold on to this over just a little bit longer. Can I just have it a little bit more? Paul said, this one thing I do, I've got to give this up so that I can grasp this. Verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Final verse. Let those of us who are, here's a tough word. We've we've been talking about drama. Drama is immature. Offense is immature. Holding on to the past is immature. That's tough, isn't it? Even hearing is like, I'm not immature. He says, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this also to you. We must, everyone say must. We must forget the past and prioritize the future. If you were to ask yourself today in these final few minutes, if you were to ask yourself today, what's greater in my life, my vision or my memory? If if the Holy Spirit was to assess my life, do I lean more this way or do I lean more this way? Pastor Michael, let me tell you about my ex. Here comes the lean. Pastor Michael, let me tell you how tough my childhood was. Here comes the lean. Pastor Micah, you wouldn't believe my last church. Here comes the lean. Pastor Micah, I never dreamed they would leave. Here comes the lean. What's greater in your life? Vision? I know God's going to do something amazing. I press toward the prize. I press toward the purpose of God. I press towards what's next. What's greater in your life? Your vision or your memory? When you talk to someone, when you converse or communicate with someone, what comes out first, vision or memory? When you pray to God, what do you ask him for, vision, or do you just tell him about your memories? Paul said, you know, when you say one thing, it sounds like it's going to be simple, like one thing, well, what? We can all do one thing until he tells us what the one thing is, this one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind and pressing to what's next. It's tough. Everyone say tough. It's tough to live a positive life with a negative mind. It's tough to live a positive life. When Paul tells us, don't lean this way, lean this way, two times he's going to use the word think. Think, not feel. feel you, you, you can't get it confused because these things over here, your childhood, your ex, your last church, what your employer done, what someone said, what they, Pastor Micah, you don't realize, if you let too much of your feelings get involved, it's going to pull you this way every time. He said, "But if you want to be mature in Christ, think forward. I can't let feelings pull me this way. I need to think, what is God trying to do in my life next? It's tough to live a positive life with a negative mind." I heard the joke about the little boy. As I shared, I've got three older daughters, and I got my little miracle man, Micaiah Solomon. He's nine. I heard the joke about the little boy that came home with his report card, and it was filled with unsatisfactory comments, a bunch of Ds, a few Fs. He walked through the front door, big smile on his face, holding the report card. I said, Dad, you can be proud. His dad looked at the report card and said, how can I be proud? He said, at least you know I'm not cheating. <laughs> Are you looking for the positive things in life? Are you trying to see the good? Are you letting the good report get a hold of your spirit and your mind and your thoughts? Are you dwelling on those things? As we get ready to pray, I'm very drawn to the fact that Paul says, if we're going to be mature, we're going to live the less dramatic life, we're going to let go of the past, it needs to start right here. It needs to start in our mind and our thoughts. We have, I know some of you are going to question this, especially maybe even your spouse. You're like, there's no way my husband has what I'm going to, here's what they say. We have over 85 billion brain cells or neurons. I know know you're not believing that about some of your family members. I'm just reading to you what I read. Over 85 billion. Dr. Chopra says, that you can have between sixty and 80,000 thoughts a day. Some studies have that number at fifty or 60,000 thoughts a day. Here's what I I want you to notice, though, that he goes on to say that up to 80%, everyone say 80%, up to 80% of our daily thoughts can naturally, and and this is amazing because it's not my words, this is what he wrote, they can naturally lean, right, we're talking about the lean, they can naturally lean negative. Up to 80% of your thoughts can naturally lean negative. Out of those thoughts, you have what they call 500 intrusive thoughts. So out of all of those thousands and thousands of thoughts, you have 500 intrusive thoughts that are negative by nature. You, you will even, you'll even say things like, I've been thinking about this all day, or my mind just races, or I've got all these thoughts running around in my head, or Pastor Micah, my mind is going a million different directions. Out of all of those thoughts and studies sharing, when I say drama is a daily option, that these thoughts are constantly trying to pull you this way, up to 80% trying to pull you and I this way. What what I'm sharing with you, it's in your natural DNA of your flesh. Your flesh has no problem with you being divisive. Your, Your flesh, my flesh, has no problem with us leading this way. But the Spirit of God, the Word of God is trying to pull you and I this direction, saying, I have a better life for you. I have a more positive life for you. But you have to be willing to lean forward. He said, I press toward the prize. Press. Press. As we pray today, I'm challenging you to press. Maybe your story is not that you had a big fight about wedding dresses and haven't talked for 10 years. That family's very successful. My mind is still blown that a family could be divided over a dress. But then this family's divided over a shoe. The next family over a will. And the next church over an expenditure. The next person over a promotion. The next family over who got to sing a song. And the next over how someone parented. And the next over what is it in your life, what is it in your story that's trying to pull you backwards, that's trying to pull you into anger, and trying to pull you into drama, and trying to pull you? Yet, today, in God's presence, I feel His Holy Spirit. God's presence today, He's trying to pull you into love, and joy, and peace, and gentleness, and self-control. He's trying to pull you into His presence. He's trying to pull you into His purpose. He's trying to pull you into to the future he has for you. As we pray today, I'm asking you, I'm asking you to let go of some of the drama that's been holding you back. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's not 10 years like this bank president. I, I don't know how long it's been for you. But if you've just got some of those things that are just holding on and nagging, and how awesome would it be this weekend if you were to turn it over to Jesus? how awesome would it be right now in this prayer if you were to give it to him and say, no more, no more. I'm going to let my vision be greater than my memory. So we close our eyes today and pray. At both locations, if, if you're feeling God's Word challenging you, God's Spirit speaking to you, I'm asking you right now to search your heart. Just like the psalmist wrote, he said, if there's any wicked thing, if there's anything that's not like you, if there's any wrong thought, he said, search me, oh God. Know, Know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. If there's anything there that needs to be removed, I'm asking you to take it out. And I'm asking you today at both locations, if there's drama, division, dysfunction, if you've been holding on to some of those things from your past, you say, Pastor Mike, you don't know what they said. You don't know how they hurt me. You don't know how bad it was. You... I am not, I'm not minimizing the pain of your past. I am not minimizing that. I'm just telling you it's very difficult for you and I to focus forward if we're always holding on to the past. Paul said this one thing, I forget and I focus forward. If you feel God's word speaking to you right now, and you say, Pastor Mike, I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for me that I can focus forward. I can live that less dramatic life. I want to live a life of purpose. I'm just asking you to shoot your hand up all over the room, both locations. Shoot your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, I pray right now. For every person that says, I know that God could do more in my life. I know that God has more for me. I know that I can do a better job of leaning this way on my job, in my home, in my city, in my church. I can do a better job of leaning into vision and leaning into the plan of God. And I want you to help me today. Let let go of the things that are holding me back. I want vision, God. I want my joy back. I want to lean into everything that you have for me. I pray for every person. Maybe even right now in this moment of prayer, they're just releasing spiritually. They're opening up their hands saying, here it is, God. I don't even know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm, but here it is, God. I'm turning it over to you. I've held on too long. I've gripped it tight too long. Today, like right now. I am making a decision. This moment is not about the details. It's about the decision. Today, right now, I'm making a decision to forget the things that are behind and to reach forth to the things that are before. And I pray this prayer in the amazing, powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, Hope City.